This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots. I'm James Heal and I'm joined today by Katie Balls, the political editor of The Spectator, and Paul Goodman, editor of Conservative Home. Now, Katie, I think a big poll was out today, which has been dominating Westminster, which is this YouGov survey published in The Telegraph. And it shows that the Tories are on course to lose them more than half of their seats, including 11 members of the cabinet. Tell us about the reaction in Westminster today. Yes, yeah, so this MRP model um, finds that Keir Starmer would win a 120-seat majority were the election held tomorrow. Ultimately, it's saying, therefore, that the Tories are heading to the type of defeat they had in 1997, and Labour would win a landslide majority like in 1997. Now, depending on who you are, you respond to this poll differently. Mm. I think what is funny is at least Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak are aligned because they're both keen to say, this poll tells you nothing. Uh, Keir Starmer, because he's trying to warn against complacency. So you've had uh, members of the Shadow Cabinet come up very early today, all retweeting one another saying, ignore this poll. There's not a single vote cast yet. Um, This is rubbish. You have uh, Rishi Sunak ultimately saying there are lots of polls. There'll be lots more polls between now and the election. So let's all just keep moving on. But there are two categories paying more attention. The first is if you are a Tory MP very worried about your seat. One of the things in the MRP poll is not a single red wall seat uh, that what they won in 2019 would be held by the Tories. So clearly, if you're a red wall MP, you're very worried. Um, and then I think particularly those MPs who don't like Rishi Sunak and don't rate his government. Now, I think as Paul has pointed out, expertly in Conservative Home, you have to look at the timing of the MRP poll in terms of what we're expecting this week, which is the safety of Rwanda. Wonder Bill returning to the House of Commons mm. and pressure on Rishi Sunak. David Frost, the former cabinet minister, has personally been involved in this poll. Um, it's an interesting group. What's the name of the group again? Conservative. It's a group of conservative donors of whom we have never heard and who you can't find on the internet other than in exactly. With the story. Exactly. And all we do know is that David Frost is attached and he has said that he, he was involved in the process of, uh, you know, putting the poll together he warned as James you pointed out on Friday when he was speaking at a local association that he knew there was a dire poll coming out and of course this is the same David Frost who before Christmas around the time of the Rwanda bill at its second reading was suggesting or at least heavily hinting that the Tories could need to oust Rishi Sunak and look for another leader when he said what it takes. So there's clearly, I think, an effort here and also in some other things we've been seeing um, with different groups that don't, that don't particularly think that Rishi Sunak has cut out to put a lot of pressure on MPs to join rebel amendments and to also, I think, probably, let's be honest, go a bit further and question the general direction of the government. Now, one thing I would just say before I pass on to Paul, who have more interesting things to say than me, is simply... I think when you do look at that poll, obviously people are sharing it, saying, oh, this is awful. I mean, the polling hasn't really changed in the past year. Now, that is a problem for Rishi Sunak, because lots of people (laughs) hope the polling would improve. But the idea that the Tories are heading to a 1997-style defeat is not a particularly new concept. It has seemed that way for quite a long time. 
the question is, is what's happening here? Is MPs now saying, oh, well, it's getting so close to the election. Now I'm panicking even more about it. Or can they hold the line by saying, you know, just stick with the plan? And for example, you have the Tory election strategist, Isaac Levito, talking to Tory MPs tonight. Is that the kind of probably voice that can calm MPs given they credit the 2019 election campaign which he ran partly to that person I think they need a few things like that to stop I think the hysteria spreading Paul, will hysteria spread among the Parliamentary Conservative Party? To every reaction there's a counter reaction so it's pretty clear the aim of the poll was to spook Conservative MPs because it's done on a constituency basis and persuade them to vote for these amendments that would toughen up the Rwanda bill then if they fail to vote against it at third reading, and perhaps, who knows, because I think it's legitimate to read some of David Frost's columns in this way, perhaps to write letters to Graham Brady demanding a leadership election. Now, there will be a reaction against it from lots of Conservative MPs who will just look at this poll, look at the exercise, look at the way it was spread all over the Telegraph this morning mm. as a time when, after all, there's a war taking place in the Red Sea and the Middle East. And this other group of MPs will be pretty miffed at this fairly obvious attempt to spook them. So as ever, it depends who you are. Mm. And as you know, I think you'll know this, as, as will Katie, as a working journalist, trying to ask what is the mood of the parliamentary party <laughs> is the most difficult question yeah. to answer because every MP is different from the others. But just as there will be a reaction to the poll, there will also be a counter-reaction. The counter-reaction will be helped, funnily enough, I think, by YouGov because YouGov have been busy yeah. distancing themselves today from the way the Telegraph presented parts of their material, at least the way David Frost did. Because the way frustrated about it was as though immigration really is the main issue at stake and that losing votes to reform really is the main danger. And I think YouGov would say, looking at their poll, that the message is a bit more complex than that. So lots of MPs will be aware of this counter-reaction by YouGov to the presentation of their own poll. Katie, should we therefore expect too much uh, impact from this poll on tomorrow's Rwanda vote, which we expect will probably be on, on the Wednesday evening, but the debate begins tomorrow when it returns for that third reading. I think it will just encourage some rebels. I think you have a situation whereby the problem at the moment is you have some MPs just revving one another up mm. um, and you know saying, oh, look at that, oh, it's this. And I think to that point about the YouGov and the reform point, it is clearly in the interest of those in the Tory party who want the party to move further to the right, to adopt certain positions, to say that reform is the main threat. It, if you look at the current numbers, you can say, well, we need to get actually some of those Labour voters over here. Also in that poll, when it's looking at the number of reform that would definitely go Conservative and so forth, there's, there's lots of question marks over and lots been querying the poll today. I think it's just... Um, if you were someone who already had concerns about the direction of the government and didn't think it was going far enough, you can point to that poll. And you've had the usual suspects out. You've had Simon Clark, for example, the former cabinet minister under trust, saying, you know, look at this poll, look how bad things are. Of course, things were worse under Liz Truss. But I think at this point, you know, and then you have people like Zach Goldsmith uh, coming out and saying, well, 
weren't all these smart Tory MPs who thought it was a great idea to get Boris Johnson, weren't they so smart, you know, being very sarky in that way. So effectively, I think we have people with very entrenched positions mm. who are just going to read whatever they want from various things. And each probably does have an argument in some way, but you can't completely separate, you know, the sequence of events that have led up to this point. Sure. I mean, that I think it's hard to single-handedly blame anyone of the three prime ministers we've had for where the Tories are. In terms of how the week plays out, when it comes to the safety of Rwanda bill, it feels as though Tory MPs on the right are quite relaxed about voting for the amendments. So you can expect, I think, you know, 50 to 60 rebels potentially. The whips are going to try and get that down. But I think it is seen there as almost something where I don't think they're worried about a backlash for doing so, partly because we know those amendments are not going to be successful. They don't have the numbers. Instead, it's about, you know, voicing your concerns that the bill isn't going to work and trying to put pressure that way. The real test, I think, is clearly... How do the whips office in number 10 handle these rebels? Mm. Uh, all the implications so far is they don't want to adopt any of the amendments, but they could look at tweaking the language. But we could, and it's yet to be confirmed the exact time, have on Wednesday night the third reading. Now, at the moment, Suada Bravman has said that she will vote down the bill at third reading if the amendments are not taken in. I think you've had hints of the same from Robert Jenrick. He suggested that. But we haven't really got to the number now of saying you know, it hasn't been that we've had you know 20 MPs come out and say they'll do that. If you start to get to that point, this week looks very tricky for Rishi Sunak. If they can contain it, I think that there is a chance some of this, uh, you know, unhappiness dilutes or at least spreads to the you know at least you know hangs in the balance to the by-elections in February maybe the May local elections but I think it does mean as much as I'd love to say this is exactly what's going to happen this week it's just not quite clear yet whether this is going to be a damp squib of a week or actually a really big one for Rishi Sunak. Paul damp squib or big week? Downing Street seem to be very confident and they don't seem to have done what they did before second reading, where they were buttering up the rebels, having them in for meetings. Do take a seat, Sir Bill. Tell us what you think <laughs> about this bill. They don't seem to have done that. Mm. And that really won't help with the rebellions. And I think some of these um, unhappy MPs could vote against third reading. But it does have to be quite a lot, combined with a certain number of abstentions, to bring the bill down. Certainly, if it doesn't all work out for the rebels, then this will have been the third time that Rishi Sunak has, as it were, called their bluff. First time over the Windsor Protocol, second time over second reading, the third time over third reading. So I think a lot depends on the sort of backbencher who will go in and vote for one of those amendments just to make the point to Rishi Sunak and the whips that they're unhappy with the sense of direction, what there is of it. Will they really vote against it at third reading? That is the big test, because if the bill went down at third reading, the government has no policy, effectively, to control borders against the, the, the boats and illegal migration of that kind. Not that anyone else has, but that's a different yes. matter. What on earth happens then? That's highly destabilising. And in that situation, I can imagine that the people who are already writing letters to Graham mm. Brady probably not very many of them, are looking around for more people to do so. Yeah, I think if the 
bill were to go down the third reading, as Paul said, that's the explosive option. And that's the one where the Prime Minister's authority is so damaged that you don't really know where it's going to go. And there could be an attempt at a leadership ballot. It could be unsuccessful. But then the question, which I think is the most likely scenario at that point. Mm. But then do you have, you know, a leader hobbling to polling day, which was already looking very difficult in a way that worse than before? All do MPs decide, actually, we are in an election year. Maybe we should fight the other side. I mean, of course, that was originally Novelty. meant to be the, the point of the uh, one of the points with the Rwanda bill. It was going to be a unifying policy mm. to take the fight to Labour. So, so I think that is where it can spiral. And then, of course, even if they get through this week, you will have more problems in terms of by like. I think we are beginning to see the figures who do just want to potentially move against Rishi Sunak, mm. and the question is really whether they have enough allies to to make that into anything noticeable uh, and finally we've talked a lot on this podcast today about uh, the next few days but the big event today was Rishi Sunak's statement on the airstrikes against the Houthi rebels and we have a clip of one of the perhaps highlights or lowlights depending on your view uh, from that session Ed David thank you Mr Speaker while not having a vote in this house is regrettable Liberal Democrats support limited strikes against the Houthis to open international shipping. That was uh, Ed Davey getting heckled on both sides of the house when he rose to give his statement. Um, Paul, just as a final question, what do you make of Ed Davey's current status within Parliament and, and what's his future as Lib Dem leader? He's been hit very hard by the sub-postmaster scandal. There is, of course, now evidence that the net is widening, so over the weekend... The papers were starting to name other ministers who've been mm. through the mill. So, you know, it's not just Ed Davey and not just the Liberal Democrats. But it does kind of slow down his momentum going forward. Ed Davey wants to present himself as, you know, as the Lib Dems do, as the sort of voice of opposition to the corrupt and hopeless Conservatives. <laughs> this is becoming a bit difficult for him yes. now. And uh, I think particularly it's difficult for him because all these number of times, I think someone counted over 30, that he's called on other people to resign. And I suspect that's why the Labour and Tory MPs were enjoying heckling him this afternoon. They were thinking that it's a bit of Ed Davies' own medicine. Whether it really has a long-term effect, I mean, you know, up until the election anyway, or the Lib Dems, whether he's really going to lose his seat, I'm, I'm a bit doubtful, but it's not doing him any good. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots. Mm-hmm.